Abroad in Education is a podcast that unpacks the international suitcase through interviews with EdPats. EdPats are expatriates working in education and living in some of the most beautiful places around the globe. I'm your host, Tiffany Lachelle, and you can find out more about me at abroadineducation.com. And now, the show. who I think they believe that because they have this international life and they travel whatever they feel that they are very um, international and socially aware and I have found that I have been I have dodged more microaggressions in the past year and a half at this school than anywhere else because you know, in the Middle East is kind of like the racism the racism in the Middle East is just very blatant right Egyptians do this Pakistanis do this <laughs> and you can call it out but like it's, it's almost like it's, it's very blatant you know what I mean but it's one thing to be in a place where it's like people act like they know like they know better I mean they they think that they know better but then they say these things that are just so you know just wow like you live your life you do not know what they to say welcome to episode four part one of abroad in education in this episode you'll hear a dialogue between myself and Yolanda who is an EDPAT working as a school counselor in Shanghai China She previously worked in Kuwait City, Kuwait as well. In this episode, you'll hear her talk about being a woman of color in Shanghai, which also brings up conversations about hair and how she had to change her identity to be able to feel comfortable in that setting. You'll hear her talk about microaggressions from her coworkers, and you'll also hear her talk a little bit about finding out why she should stay in a difficult situation. I hope you enjoy. I am sitting here with a wonderful friend of mine, Miss Yolanda. Hello. And we are here in Bangkok, Thailand for Christmas. (laughs) We are traveling the world together and right now we're sitting in a hotel room at, at Ease. And we are going to talk a little bit about our EdPat journeys. So, Yolanda, tell us a little bit about where you are from and your EdPat journey so far. Okay. So, where I'm from, um, and because my parents are who my parents are, I have to give, like, the ethnic background, too. But um, I was born and raised in Southern California. Um, My parents are from uh, Guyana and um, Ghana. Currently, I am in Shanghai, China as a school counselor. Formerly, I was, oh, yeah, for two years, and formerly, I was a school counselor in uh, Kuwait for five years in high school, and now I'm in middle school. Mm-hmm. So one of the best things about Yolanda and I is we met at the University of Northern Iowa's International Recruiting Fair, mm-hmm. and this was in 2011. 2000, 2011. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things about meeting Yolanda at this fair was when she came up to me, she basically told me, the only reason I'm speaking to you is because you black. Well, I, yeah, I said, I'm like, I'm talking to you because you're black. And, like, ah. and it's so interesting because the fair by itself was already just full of so many things going on at the same time. You had all these recruiters coming from all over the world. 
You have these on-the-spot interviews where you're sitting in these hotel rooms with mm -hmm. these so men, uh-huh, just trying to figure out what job that you were going to go to. Mm -hmm. So Yolanda is currently in Shanghai, China, mm -hmm. and one of the things important is she is a school counselor and mm -hmm. she's not a teacher. So tell me a little bit about what is it like being a middle school counselor in Shanghai. In Shanghai, okay. So um, originally when I was in um, grad school, my focus was middle school. And then I moved to uh, Kuwait and I was high school for 9-10. So now that I'm in China, I'm back to, like I guess, what my focus was before, which is um, middle school. Middle school is actually... It's, I guess it's kind of easy and it's not. Um, I think it's mainly because of our, my population. My population is, uh, the school that I'm at, um, that I'm at is a very um, high-row group of like families, you know, where most of the expats um, usually have their kids come, but a lot of the, um, the um, American-born Chinese and other like Asian nationalities do um, come there. And our kids are very academically um, competitive. So there aren't a lot of conversations about, well, what can we do to intrinsically motivate um, motivate you to do better? Because those kids are they are motivated. If they're not motivated, usually um, they are motivated because of peer pressure, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, well, what did you get on this test? And, and nobody wants to be like the dumb kid, and there aren't there aren't dumb kids, but you know, nobody wants um, nobody wants to be that because. We're in a very academically aggressive um, group, whereas, you know, if you go over to Kuwait, that wasn't that wasn't the case. Like that wasn't the culture of like you know where in Shanghai they have you know after school math classes and after school fencing and after school um, was it speech and debate classes that have nothing to do with you know the school. And then on top of that, they have you know piano lessons and violin um, lessons and all of these things to make sure that they're well-rounded so that they can, um, when they get to high school and college, like they have like this very full um, like resume. So these kids are building their resumes, you know, in utero. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the demographics of your school mm -hmm. and how you navigate your experience at the school that you're at. Well, um, I am in the top or one of the top international schools in China and there they um, it's mainly American-born Chinese because China has a rule that if you were born in the PRC in, in China you cannot go to these international schools so the kids who who are from PRC they're usually very high 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 up and they can get a, like a waiver in order to empty in our school, but it's mainly kids who who were born probably in Taiwan or U.S. who parents are Chinese, um, who are there, and then we have a lot of um, um, the international expat families who work with say four General Motors um, families or Anheuser Busch. A lot of their kids uh, they come they come to our school predominantly, and I'm, I'm throwing out random numbers. I don't have like a real number. But I would probably say that maybe 80% of it is, you know, Asian um, nationality uh, and the rest are, are expats, you know, that are like more Western, like non-Asian. Non but it's a high population of, of Asian families. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and it's interesting because some of the, some of the EdPats that I've been interviewing before, mm -hmm. um, 
they talked a little bit about their experiences working at local schools within these mm -hmm. communities. Mm -hmm. And then some of them have been working at international schools as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good good point to, you know, kind of emphasize that many of the schools that, you know, EdPads are working mm -hmm. at aren't always a specific type of school. Yeah. Um, I found that most of the time when you're working with international um, schools, you're working with an elite population and yeah. whether it be the expatriates that are coming into the country and these are the children of the people who are working for you know these oil companies or these yeah. big businesses um or sometimes it's just the elite of the local community as well um but i know that there's a big difference between the types of schools but mm -hmm. then the fact that regardless of the school they're recruiting yeah. international teachers mm -hmm. so i think that's a big change that i'm learning as well so tell me a little bit about the dynamics of the staff that you're working with. Um, <clears throat> that is different. Um, coming from uh, Kuwait, uh, we okay, the thing is the similarities between between the two is is that I think pretty much almost in any international school you you are going to have local staff. You know, I mean, people love the country. In Kuwait, I worked at a bilingual school, so it was pretty much like almost half half. You know, I mean, half Western half you know, um, local or, you know, Arab nationals. And here we do have, uh, we do have a lot of Chinese, but because we're more of like an international population, the, um, the only Chinese you're really going to find are people, uh, you know, teaching the Chinese classes or, um, you know, like, uh, like, like helper, not even like helpers, like maybe like, like aid, like aides or something like that. Um, sometimes even the aides are not even Chinese. They're, um, usually a Filipino, uh, oh, okay. uh, teachers who are actually accredited teachers who actually have higher accreditations than like some of the Western staff um, at our school, but their um, their their aides. Um, it's very interesting because the um, we have a lot of we have a lot of Westerners. Um, I think you have to have at least uh, you have to be in order to teach it. You have to come from a country that is an English speaking country. Mm -hmm. You have to have at least five years of experience before before coming over. The dynamic the, the dynamics are a little interesting, and I see you smiling at me because I think you know where I'm going. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. I'm going to hold this off until later, but let's just jump right in. <laughs> but um, being in, I have to I have to compare being in Kuwait. Um, and for those who don't know, I'm black, but. <laughs> But um, being in Kuwait, there are Kuwaitis who look white, and there's Kuwaitis who look like me. You know what I mean? Real chocolate brown skin. And then in China, I look like me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But also, that's I mean, the, the little issue with, like, you know, say, like, the Chinese night. It's like, it's my coworkers who, I think they believe that because they have this international life and they travel, whatever, they feel that they are very um, international and socially aware. And I have found that I have been... I have dodged more microaggressions in the past year and a half at this school than anywhere else because you know in the Middle East is kind of like the racism. The racism in the Middle East is just very blatant. Right. Egyptians do this, Pakistanis do this, <laughs> da, 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 da. and you can call it out, but like it's it's almost like it's it's very blatant. You know what I mean? But it's one thing to be in a place where it's like the people act like they know, like they know better. I mean, they I think they think that they know better, but then they say these things that are just so. You know, just like wow, like you live your life thinking that's an okay thing to say, right? You know, like you know, is your hair real? Is um, I think somebody got you know, um, is your 
is your father, do you have a single father or is he like super simple usually? So the you know what I mean? Oh, like it's, yeah, okay. it's, you know what I mean? Like it's just like it's, it's these things and the, like these things that you, you get from like stereotypes and then, and then you, you have an opportunity to, oh, I have a black person in front of me. I'm going to ask them, you know? And then it's just like, oh, God. You know, like sometimes like I, 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 see, I see an opportunity, not an opportunity, I see a situation, um, like a conversation and I know that, like, if I continue this conversation, they're going to get really cozy and they're going to end up asking me this question. So I'm going to cut off this conversation. Right. You know what right. I mean? So, yeah. That's, like, that's mainly... I work with a, a lot of well-intentioned people. And then the, and there's a lot of people who, who do get it, who do understand that you cannot, you cannot have... You cannot say certain things. But, again, I do work with a lot of well-intentioned people who think that just because they're international, they think that they're, they're aware of their... Um, like their bias, yeah, and and they're not. I'm so glad that you're saying this because um, I'm I'm in this I'm in the space now where I have been having a lot of these conversations about microaggressions and just you know being that one person you know mm-hmm. now you're supposed to speak up for everybody of this culture or yeah. you know people want to try out the different mm-hmm. things that they've been thinking for yeah. years and now mm-hmm. it's like. But Yolanda's cool, so I know yeah. I can ask her, yeah. and she won't be offended. Yeah. So tell me, how do you navigate through that <coughs> without losing the positive um, collaboration or, you know, the, the colleague, like, having this positive space that you can be in, but still being able to deal with the microaggressions on a daily basis? I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> like, I mean, because it, it really is, like, I was I was telling you earlier that, I, a friend was asking me, they were just like, oh, God, it must be terrible being you, because I'm literally just like, I'm just dodging plates, you know? And I, and I had to write down how many times I, how many ways I can say, I can, I can respond to somebody who's asking if my hair is real, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then I wrote, and I think it was like 15 or 20 different ways, and it was for different situations for like, oh, what if it's a, what if it's the director? What if it's a parent? What if it's, you know, somebody who I don't know and it's in, it's in a large crowd? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if I'm, like, I mean, it's like, it's it's all, like, what if this kid, what's this, what if it's this, what if it's that? You know what I mean? What if somebody tries to touch it? Like, do I dodge it? Do right. I, you know what I mean? And it's like, and I have all of these, I have all of these things, and I'm like, you know how frustrating it is? To, like, you know what I mean? To, like, to have all, um, all these, like, little tools, like, these little mm-hmm. quips. Kind of like somebody who said to me, like, is this the hill you're going to die on? Sometimes I want to die on that hill and be like, no, you will respect me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so so I have to choose, um, okay, do I want to teach them how to treat me? So if I think that this is going to to bug me in a month or time, whatever, I'm going to say something. And even if I don't say it within the moment, I'm going to come up to you later and be like, hey, something happened a week ago. And I know it's not fair for me to come up to you a week later. However... I need to bring this up because this is not selling with me right, and I feel like if I don't bring this up, this is going to ruin our relationship. And I legitimately like, I legitimately like you, but I have a thing where I have to teach people how to treat me. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, mm-hmm. um, I think we're in a really great space that you know 
this is happening between us, somebody like who I clearly care about you. And so I call it like, you know, like the, if I do have to have like that conflict, I call it like the poop sandwich. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where I was like, I come from like that, oh, I'm going to tell you all these nice things. I'm going to tell you how you offended me. And then we're going to talk about how best not to do that again. Right. <laughs> and then I'll give you a hug and I'll send you on your way. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but also there's, okay, but those are the people who I like care about who I know I have to talk to on, on a regular basis. But then there's what the people who I call the cartoons, where I I don't care enough about you to correct you. Mm-hmm. Or if I do, I was like, I will I will cut you off. I'll be like, no, that's not okay. We do not say that. Mm-hmm. That's not something we say. But then I put you into what I call the cartoon phase. Like you're not real. Like yeah. only cartoons act like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you you just a character, and I'm gonna let you have your little character life, your little right. cartoon life, and I'm just gonna put you right here. And I'm gonna deal with the real people who I have time and space for. Because the thing is, I'm like, I can't be everybody's teacher all the time. Yes. That's too much time and space and energy. Yes. So that's no. So there's the cartoons, and there's the people who I'm willing to have that conversation with. And it's the funny thing is, like, I will sometimes come at you three or four months after you said it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, hey, yo, I didn't Remember on December 15th. Yeah, we were sharing that text. And the funny thing is, that we brought it up. There's actually something I need to go and tell. Like, it happened, like, three months ago. Right. I need to go and tell my, one of the teachers, like, hey, remember when you said that that thing? Like, that's still not okay with me. Mm-hmm. And but mm-hmm. she's, she's really receptive, so I know that she'll take it well. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I, I'm so glad that you are talking about the microaggressions because, you know, in a U.S. context, we do. We spend a lot of time um, just trying to deal with, you know, how do black people navigate these spaces and still keep this professionalism, you know, without feeding into the stereotype, right? Yeah. So all black women are angry, and yeah. then you say something to make me angry, oh. and then I feed into that yeah. stereotype. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that really isn't talked about, you know, with African-American people, not Mm -hmm. just women, um, in an international context. Mm -hmm. Because I am more receptive to, you know, someone from China Mm -hmm. asking me if my hair is real rather than someone from the U.S. who's living in China to be like, is your hair real? Because you know better. You You know know better. Like, don't think because we in China, like, all of these rules are turned off. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, I, I want to go a little bit further because from my own personal experience, <clears throat> I was never called the N-word mm-hmm. until I got to China. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting because this was actually in um, Beijing. Mm-hmm. And I was with two of my friends that I was working with in Morocco and we were walking on the street. And I guess they have this, this thing where they try to... Um, kind of go for tours that are by themselves. Mm-hmm. So they'll try to, you know, act like they're your friend mm-hmm. and then, you know, oh, let's go sit down and eat somewhere and mm-hmm. then like skip out on the bill or something yeah, like that. So I've heard of that before. <laughs> so we were walking and this woman, come, this Chinese woman comes up to me and she's like, hi, let's go, um, let's go hang out together. You know, let's go do this together. And I'm looking at her like, do I know you? Mm-hmm. And and she's just like, yeah, come on, let, we, we can be friends. Let's go do this together. And I just kind of, you know, shushed her off. And she's like, you nothing but a poor in. And then turned around. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Your mama and you know. <laughs> so tell me, have you had, especially being a black woman in China, I know you're in Shanghai, though. But have you had any experiences with the local community? Um, the thing is, is like, and I have to do this with like a grain of salt. Um, 
even though I'm in Shanghai and it's a very metropolitan city, it's still very much like, you have to, I mean, I'm not trying to go into like the history of China, but like it's, China's still a very closed off mm-hmm. place, you know what I mean? So even though I'm in Shanghai, I am like, oh my God, look at that. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, look at that. So, because I'm just like, I'm already having issues with, you know, a culture, you know what I mean, here. So, um, um, or acclimating here. So, the, my main thing, my main issue was, um, and you've seen it, like, I had, like, this big curly hair, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it, and it's a, it's a showstopper, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, it's, it was a showstopper. And it, it was a showstopper not even just in China, it was a showstopper anywhere, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But, like, there's certain places where people just maybe wouldn't, like, they'd be like, oh, how pretty, and, like, just keep moving, you know what I mean? But China, it's like, <gasps> first of all, you're black, and then you have all this big hair, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're black, like, and like, you got big hair? hair? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, it was, and so my more so of an issue was, it was, like, the stop and the gasping, mm-hmm. and then, like, they're trying to take a picture of me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Yo, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, just don't take my image. Because I'm like, what are you going to do with that? You know right. what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's taking my picture. It's following me. Like, I mean, I'm sitting there eating lunch and you're, and you're taking my picture or you're, you're coming behind me or, you know what I mean? It was just like, that was my, my thing was, was just people just trying to, to follow me. I never had anybody say, actually, I don't know if anybody said anything because I purposely did not learn um, the word. I mean, but I would have situations, and I don't know if this is necessarily me being black, but it was just, like, more so, like, this rude thing of, like, pushing me to the side or thinking, like, oh, like, I'm not going to wait in line behind you. I don't know if that's more of, like, a, I'm not going to wait behind, like, a Westerner or if I'm not going to wait behind, like, a black person. I wouldn't know, you know? Mm-hmm. But my more thing was, like, the harassment of, like, my, my, not my look of, like, of my... The, of my privacy of like keeping my image mm-hmm. you know and then trying to take my take my picture you know that was that was my issue I didn't have that many people try to come up and touch me again that was mainly my co-workers mm-hmm. who were westerners who tried to come up and, and touch me actually it's actually a lot deeper than that um it was to the point where I was so sick and tired of my picture being taken that I didn't realize it but I just wasn't going outside anymore and that was sort of an issue that I had in Kuwait because I'm like, I didn't want to be sexually harassed, but they didn't do anything to me. <laughs> I just didn't want, like, I knew what they were saying because I was there long enough to understand what they were saying, you know what I mean? But, um, so, being in China, I didn't want to, I stopped going outside and I, and I wouldn't go outside unless I had a, had a reason. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, oh, well, you don't need to go to the grocery store. You can go to the grocery store tomorrow. You know, maybe we'll do oh now it's tomorrow. Well you don't need to go. Maybe you can just go have order in. Mm-hmm. And then you won't do that. Like, what's just ordering food? Like and I would have all of the excuses to not go outside just because I was like, you I have to like put on this <gasps> Okay, mm-hmm. you, wanna, you can do it, you can go outside, you can deal with people looking at you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it like was like a whole armor suit. Whole just armor, to yeah. Deal with it. I had to listen to like the Moana soundtrack in order to like get me <laughs> you know, get me pumped up. Oh, one quick story I can um tell you that was like that was an issue. My friend Christina, she came out to visit me um, the end of um, last year for um, spring break because she knew that I was, I was struggling being um, living in China. And we went to the store called Carrefour. It's a very well-known um, grocery store. And um, there was a family of four, and they were standing at the um, standing at the end of the aisle. And, like, the two teenage – no, a family of six. It was a family of six. Two teenage kids pointed and was laughing at me. You know, and then the parents 
pointed and laughed at me. And then the grandparents pointed and laughed at me. Mm. And then they were just like, ha, ah, and you just like, and then Christina, she looked at me, she's like, oh my God, this is your life. And I'm like, this is my life. And I just like, I walked away. And just, and just like the night before we went out to dinner and some, and I, and I was turned around and some guy made this like, oh, like this, like this noise. And even though he was behind me, I knew it was about me. Mm. And then I asked my friend, I'm like, what was that? And he was like, and they didn't try not to tell me. And they're like, that guy looked at me and he made like this look of disgust. And I was just like, I'm done with China. China, I'm done. So like, yeah, that's like the level of stuff that like I would have to do with. But because of the interactions I had last year, I completely changed the way my hair looked mm. because I was like, if I don't bend, I'm going to break. Yeah. This is going to break me. Yeah. So I just changed. I'm like, I just like, I just want to look normal and I want to get through my second year and then I want to leave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, it's, so it's, it's been better, but it's like, it's only been better because I look different, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm like, that kind of annoys me, but it's better. So. So in the midst of all that, because it's not unknown for people to escape in the night. You yeah. know, some people take contracts and they're like, absolutely not. Yeah. Ticket booked, right? Yeah. So what what made you stay after that? Well, I mean, I'm the not, I'm, I'm never some like, nothing's, like, it's not that bad. I know there are people who are in, like in other schools in China where they're just not getting paid. You know what I mean? Like, oh. it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, a lot of stuff, like, even, like, regardless of, like, you know, just culturally, it's, it's like, yeah, it's annoying in a way, and it, it's annoying, and in a sense, it's like, in a way, like, I was, I was warned, I was warned by several black women in, like, in like, the Facebook groups um, that I'm in, who were, like, I was there for one year, and I left, mm-hmm. so I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I was like, it's like, I'm not in Gaza, I'm not in Syria, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. going through any war-torn stuff. Like, it's like, yeah, this sucks, but this this is not life-threatening. This is, like, I'm going to bounce back, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know I mean? But it's, like, spiritually. Yeah, spiritually. <laughs> you know I mean, it is, like, I mean, but the things I had to, and I don't mind saying it, like, I had to do a lot of, like, um, a lot of stuff in order to get me through last year. And mm-hmm. I had to, I we had we had like this you know parent engagement we had like this life coach come out and talk about embodiment and how to like use your body in order to like tell people what you're trying to say effectively and i looked at this woman and i'm like if i work with you you're going to change my life mm-hmm. and so after the new year i was like hey we need to work with each other and if it wasn't for working with her and having a, like a a safe space to go and talk about how i need to change like my um like my not only outlook, but like how I was just going to change my body, my like my like my words, whatever, in order for me to get through this, <clears throat> I would have been, I would have been a different person. Like a, I would have been less, not less of a person. But I just not as complete. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, and she really, really got me through. So let's let's unpack this just a little further. Mm-hmm. The experience that you're having in China, which I know is completely different from your experience in Kuwait. Yeah. But how would you compare what you're going through now to black people in America? You know, what would it feel like navigating these issues in America in comparison to navigating these issues, racial issues, in China? To be honest, I think that 
people come over international and again because they think because they they've traveled they think that they can get away with a lot of stuff whereas in the states you are more inclined to be a pc you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're more inclined to not touch somebody's hair. You're more inclined to, like, just not try to have those conversations. You know what I mean? Um, but so the thing is, I think that if I was in the States, these issues would not, this would not be an issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This would not be an issue. But because it's like, oh, I have this freedom. And because it's like a, the proximity. It's like, if you're in the States, it's like your work life isn't, it's not where you work, it's not where you live, mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. the people who you travel with. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, if you work, you live, you travel, you live right next to like the same building or whatever so you get that that closeness it's like oh like we're we're close why not let me talk about your hair Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like well you know we're you know when you're in the states like you have that professional distance Mm -hmm. in a way it's like oh we can chit chat or whatever but i want to go home and i have friends that i've I've had friends for years (laughs) right who are not you right you You can't come over here (laughs) you have like your work your work best friend your work wife your work husband (laughs) and that you never see on the weekend you Mm -hmm. know what i mean whereas like I see you on the bus, I get off, like you're my neighbor across the hallway, we go onto the bus together, I see you at the grocery store, I see you at the same, like, event, like, we we do the same house parties, we're going to the same club, I mean, we're just doing everything together, so when you have that closeness, like, well, what do you mean I can't can't talk to you about it, like, Mm -hmm. because I didn't bring it up. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, I, again, I think because of of the proximity and of us having to live, work, eat, sleep, poop together, everything, that... Um, there's this level of like there's this there's no there's professional boundary and then there's no professional boundary mm-hmm. we're in the states there there is before you go don't forget that you can find me on instagram twitter and facebook at abroad underscore in underscore ed and you can always find me on my website www.abroadmeducation.com